Hello, welcome to the Weight Endurance Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Waite, sitting across the podcasting table from my co-host, Kathy Waite. Hello, everybody. We're into episode number 39 this week, and we want to, we're in the midst of a base training, rebuilding block, mid, mid-summer here, and creating some fatigue of our own. So I thought a good topic was to talk about fatigue. What is it? How do you work it into your training? How much is appropriate? How much is maybe too much? Mm-hmm. And the pluses and minuses and the necessity of creating fatigue. Right. Fatigue is not a bad word, but it needs to be monitored and used to our benefit. Yeah. So that'll be what we kind of chat about in this week's episode. Um, but before we get to that, maybe catch listeners up on what we've been up to. Yeah, we've been on a Pacific Northwest RV trip. Um, we're actually recording this episode on a rainy morning in Boise, Idaho. And we're going to head from here kind of back home. But when we first started, we went up to Montana and spent several days in Bozeman and Missoula. And I got to see an old friend and we did some good riding. And then the last episode we, we recorded was in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And that was a treat. Like it just felt like fun to be near a lake. And it just, the air feels different. Yeah, it's really lake. beautiful up there. It's really beautiful. Um, and it was a nice RV park. Um, and then from Coeur d'Alene, we went over to the Seattle area and got to reconnect with an old friend of mine as well, which is probably like my favorite part of this whole trip is seeing old friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and we rode a couple days. You and Sophia did that crazy 100-mile Seattle like tour. Yeah, that was really fun. <clears throat> and uh, it's really neat in today's world of the technology that we have that we were able to, as complete tourists. I mean, mm-hmm. I had been to Seattle once or twice before briefly, but not with a bike and I had no idea where to ride, but you can look things up online. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I started. So little tips for those traveling to new yeah, cities. You've, you, sometimes you've looked on Strava and sometimes you've looked on what ride GPS. Yeah. I found this website slash app called ride, ride with GPS. Okay. I think it's called. Um, and it's free. There's a paid option as well, of course, but the free one works great and you just type in like where you are and um kind of a, a distance that you're mm-hmm. looking for so if you type in 40 to 60 mile rides gotcha. in seattle and it'll populate users gps files of rides and it'll tell you how far they are um how much climbing they are and if you have the paid subscription which i'm tra- i'm doing like the free trial it's like a free month trial okay it'll tell you like estimated time <laughs> to complete the route and so we could kind of piecemeal these things together. But actually this ride in Seattle, what I did is I just Googled like best rides in Seattle and it, I found some stuff that's like, you got to do this 20 mile loop on Mercer Island and you got to do this over here and this over here. And kind of looking at the greater map of Seattle, I was like, oh, we could just sort of link all these together. And Seattle has a great network of bike paths and things and then so then I got on mapmyride.com which I've used over the years a fair bit and that is a really cool website because you can it shows you where like the bike paths are the bike lanes and like the good routes within any kind of city um, to ride your bike so I just kind of plotted this route together oh I didn't even realize you'd you'd sort of piecemealed it together yeah piecemealed it all together and linked together three of like the most popular riding areas in Seattle with bike paths and like we we barely were on any busy streets we did ride right through the 
downtown of Seattle because um, we had to get a Seattle coffee, of course. <laughs> and um, even that, we were able to find the route, like the streets in downtown Seattle that had bike lanes, mm -hmm. which there were several, and how to do that. So we were either on a bike path, a, a road with a nice shoulder, a, or a bike lane, like the entire ride, like That's probably awesome. 90 out of the 100 miles or something. So yeah. um, it was pretty cool. And then you take it a step further, and you once you've created that GPS file, you can upload it to your Wahoo device or your Garmin, and then you have like we had screen or turn by turn directions like on yeah, our screen. Yeah, that's really helpful. And so we never had to stop. So like I mean, years ago, years past, not even that long ago, it's like you'd have an idea of a route you wanted, but then I'd have to always stop and pull out my phone and be like, oh I th yeah, we got to make a left <laughs> right, here. Right. And turn it, around, you missed the turn. Yeah, and it just interrupts the ride. Where this, we were just like going, and right. we could see the turns coming up, and you never, I mean, we rarely had to stop. It was great. So it's really neat to have those sort of tools at our um, Yeah, for use. sure. I was, um, I was really sad to miss out on your Seattle tour, but uh, my, my knee felt cranky. My IT band thing was acting up, so I stayed back at um, my friend's house, and... It was actually really cool. They, uh, my friend Andrea is a volleyball coach, and once a week they do like an online Zoom <clears throat> strength session with the kids. Mm -hmm. And so I just like jumped into their backyard strength session, and it like kicked my butt. Nice. Had, I hadn't done burpees in months. Oh yeah, that it was just so fun. fun. So then you all got home, and when Andrea cooked us dinner, and I, I remember like watching their eyeballs get huge as you explained where you had been because. In their mind, your route was like a long drive. Right, right. And you and Sophia had ridden 100 miles. They're like, you went to Mercer Island? You went there? You went there? So that was kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. And then from Seattle, we went a little south to Portland. Yep, saw my sister and her uh, kids. Yeah, visited with your sister. That was really fun. And then we did a really fun ride. Again, I found this ride through the Ride with GPS app. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I guess it's west of Portland, a little town called Troutdale, where yeah, we were, awesome. stayed the night. Um, right along the, what river was that? Oh, shoot. I've lost track of, of all the rivers. I forget, too. It, was, it wasn't the big Columbia River. It was one of the smaller ones. Yeah, I actually right. But anyway, it. we camped along the river. That was really fun. And then, yeah, so we found this really cool, like, 50-ish mile ride that was like the complete opposite of Seattle where we were in the city or outskirts of the city for that that whole ride this one we were out in the country in the farmlands the farmlands it was super hilly where Seattle was relatively flat mm -hmm. um, but this one was like you were either going up a, a hill or down a hill steepish and in the woods or going across like a farmland yeah we actually saw tractors plowing fields <laughs> it was like so fun like we are in nature yeah no. we're in real life oregon and i never would have found that route yeah that was that was really fun without technology so um it's really cool i guess my eyes have been open to i've never really a very limitedly used like all the mapping gps features on, mm -hmm. on these computers i mean they've been available for many years now but i've always just known where i'm gonna go ride and go ride and but I can see how handy they are now when you're exploring well, new we went area. to all these new cities, and we didn't know where to go. Yeah. And we were taking our road or cross bikes, and which was a little bit shocking to some of our friends. Like, why aren't you taking your mountain bikes? Mm -hmm. um, but our goal was to get in, like, longer, slower miles and explore the city, so it just made more sense to take 
right. road bikes. Um, yeah. Um, and so the, the GPS files that you could download were like a savior. Yeah, it was great. Um, and then from Portland. Came here, right? Oh, no, we went to Bend. Oh, so I, I get to visit over another city. Visit my old friend Michael Larson, who lives in Bend. Uh, we were bike racing buddies, teammates. Um, gosh, it's over fifteen years ago um, in Boulder, and so it was really fun to catch up with him and his family. And, oh, that was that was a treat. Yeah, and see Bend because none of us had ever been nope, to Bend. Never um, been there. Really I... cool area. We got to go back. Mountain biking heaven. It, it appears we we got to see a lot of trails from where we were riding, but. So we have to go back with our mountain bikes. Yeah, Michael will show us around. He's he's the self-proclaimed, but probably true, most popular guy in Bend because he is Mr. Personality, Mr. Outgoing. Oh yeah, I think so. We yeah. were we did the Mount Bachelor loop. This like and 80 everyone's mile, waving at him. Yeah, road ride around Mount Mount Bachelor and lots of cyclists out. And every other one was like, "Hey, Michael." Yeah, that's really fun. <laughs> um, so definitely the most popular guy in Bend. Um, and then came. What, let's see. We went. Now we're going west, back yeah. home, heading towards home. So we stopped in Boise. That's where we are today. Yeah. Um, we were going to stay another night, but it's rainy today, so we're going to move on. But yesterday we had this amazing ride over on the Kristen Armstrong Bikeway. Um, she's an Olympian, road racer, world champion, world champion, and Olympian. Oh yeah, yeah that. I, wow, it's even Time more trials. impressive. She's incredible, and this this road that takes you up from Heart of the City to the top of Bogus Basin was about 15, sixteen miles, and I mean it was like four thousand feet, almost climbing. four thousand feet yeah. climbing. And it was it was just gorgeous, D- yeah. different gorgeous. I think that's what has been so special about this trip. Trip is like it was gorgeous in Missoula. It was beautiful in Seattle. We were on this um, Snoqualmish bike trail, and then this beauty is was just very different. Yeah. This was the bogus basin climb ranks among the top of my the routes you like, like coolest, most fun, and memorable yeah. climbs I've ever done. I mean, it, based on the length, the road quality was like buttery smooth. Yeah, it was. the traffic was there was a fair bit of traffic because it was Sunday, but like it was it's low speed because it's kind of a twisty road. Mm-hmm. Not one person honked. Like it was no, just it was nice. That was good. Like everyone's aware that it's a highly populated bike route. In fact, most of the cars had mountain bikes going yeah they were to headed to the top biking, so. to mountain bike um but yeah that, that was amazing I, i'd always heard of bogus basin but um had never ridden it yeah, that was really cool so i, I could... just didn't care for, <clears throat> excuse me care for the downhill because the crosswinds were crazy and i was scared to death <laughs> <laughs> so you and sophia had to wait for me at the bottom right right that, that was not really like fun. that and now we're off to utah for a ride getting closer to home now um and then visit a teammate um, Tristan, young Tristan on our Redevo team in Laramie. Yeah, that'll be fun. After that, that'll be our last stop and then back home to... to Can Denver. we brag about Tristan real quick? Sure, brag about Tristan. Yeah, he did a, um, an eight-hour, kind of like a looped course. What do you call those? Like, we just, like, go for eight hours. Lap. Like a lap course, yeah. multi-lap course in Casper, Wyoming on Saturday, yesterday, or two days ago. And it was small, for sure, but it, first of all, it was cool that there was actually a race going on mm-hmm. um, in our COVID summer, and <clears throat> he had never done an eight-hour race and called us the day before, and we talked about pacing strategy and fueling strategy, and it sounds like he he nailed it. He said sometimes his stomach was maybe a little too full, and he felt a little bit sick, but it was better than bonking um, towards the end of a long race. Tons of climbing. He got over 8,000 feet of climbing, yeah. 70 miles. I'm not sure exactly how many laps he did, seven or eight. Um, and he persevered through something difficult because he 
he um, had like a chain, his chain got looped up and he had to stop and it took him 15 minutes to fix it, which, which then he lost the leaders and it took him four more laps to catch them and he ended up passing them and winning. So yeah. that's very cool. Good job, Tristan. Yeah, yeah, buddy. Yeah, we squeezed that in. It seemed to fit well for like the the long miles, like base building we're doing. Yeah. Although, I mean, it's a race, so I'm sure he went harder at times. He but. did, but I just think it shows that all the hard work has paid off, that He's put in those long Absolutely. miles. For, um, we've had several s- sections of aerobic base uh, miles over this year, and he got to put it to the test, and it, he, he did it. Yeah. It's really cool. Really cool. Um, well, good. I yeah, think all so, that is just said to, like, we're racking up some, some miles, and we're in the midst of our heading into week three of our season salvation plan. For us, those of you listening that are also following the plan that are one or two weeks behind, you're maybe earlier into the the program than we are but um we're definitely creating fatigue as i like to say so which is a good thing um in this particular phase of the training program so why don't we yeah let's dive right into that what fatigue what is fatigue as i bend down and pick up chico our dog (laughs) he wants to be a part of the podcast (laughs) no barking buddy all right cody what is fatigue because fatigue to some people might be a bad bad word you know if maybe they had a coach growing up that was a little bit more conservative or he had his own stuff wrapped around that word and you didn't want to become fatigued but in our um, training philosophy fatigue is a good word because you have to create change in your body right right so fatigue is like your the way I look at it it's like your body's reaction and feelings towards the the load that you're applying to it so um I've yeah I mean fatigue is very much necessary for creating it, it's a reaction to the stimulus you've created that you're then going to adapt to so fatigue is very essential to training and to progressing you have to fatigue yourself then you have to rest yourself and that can happen on an acute level or a chronic level to use the training peak terms they so they have their acute training load which is, I think, the pink line, if I remember correctly, um, that spikes up and down based on the ride you did that day. That very day. Yeah, and, and then maybe the rest day that you took the next day or whatever it comes down. And then there's the chronic training load, which is more of the chronic fatigue. Um, it's a 42-day... 42 42-day 42 rolling average rolling of average, how much yeah. training, you're, how many TSS points and whatnot you're getting. And that'll just show your... Um, fatigue growing as you train over that so um, the interesting thing is fatigue is also related to training and vice versa so the more you train the more fatigued you get so that's why you have to have recovery days within a week you have to have recovery weeks within a month and recovery like full rest blocks within a year and that sort of thing Mm -hmm. so um, to offset that so you have to train to create fatigue and then you rest and, and carry on that way. So um, back to acute fatigue. Right. Because you wanted to say something on yeah, that. Yeah, acute fatigue. Um, I've been thinking a lot about um, how I'm getting back in shape from having just a bunch of setbacks with, well, first of all, last summer I didn't basically ride for months and months because of the um, IT band injury I had, the inflammation. It kept me off the bike for months and then. As I've gotten back into to writing consistently, I, I, I also had some setbacks that were mostly my own doing from pickleball injuries. 
and or like falls off my bike mm-hmm. and I just it's been frustrating because I've lacked some consistency so as I've been getting back on the bike more often and building up miles I, I'm realizing I have to be a little bit more patient with myself and I, I'm also thinking a lot about um, my pedal mechanics and I want to talk more about that um, in a later episode with our friend <clears throat> Justin Dudley who owns Cascade PT because I have a lot of things I want to run by him. Um, but as I'm working on improving my my pedal efficiency and trying to use my hamstrings more in my pedal stroke. Because that's ultimately what's creating I think this is, this yeah, and I want to belabor injury. the point too long, but I think I just have really weak hamstrings, which is tied into my, my spinal fusion, I'm sure, with like nerve root damage and just weakness that came from the whole thing. Um, I don't think I've been using my hamstrings very well in my pedal stroke. So I, as I've been riding, and I'm often by myself because you and Sophia have like gone on farther and I've turned around to go back, really thinking about using my, my hamstrings. And it is exhausting. Exhausting. And so one of the reasons I, I know I have had to keep these rides much shorter than you and Sophia are doing is because I don't have the muscular endurance right. to maintain proper form. So this acute fatigue is something that's been on my mind that <clears throat> I don't want to get so tired on these rides that my form falls to crap and I irritate my knee slash IT band. I always call it my knee because it kind of manifests itself in my, my left knee, but it's really my IT band. So acute fatigue is something that we all have to keep an eye on. If, if you're not in shape to go do a, a five-hour ride with your buddy, you probably shouldn't do it because you might get injured in that very ride. Because your a your form could fall apart. Um, I mean, maybe you could get some heat stroke or exhaustion if if you're riding in a hot day and you're not used to those conditions. Mm-hmm. So we, <clears throat> excuse me, I got a little frog in my throat. So we ha- we we really need to pay attention to um, the dangers that acute fatigue could cause um, at a given moment. I mean, it, a fatigue is not a bad word, as I keep saying, but it could be potentially bad for your body to do too much in one day sure sure yeah so yeah, you have to build up progressively. You, have to, you have to build up and i mean i've totally struggled with that this this trip though like comparing myself to you and sophia and oh you guys are doing 80 miles and i'm doing 40 and feeling frustrated or sad but and i have to keep the big picture in mind that i have to build up my muscular endurance i have to build up my overall bike fitness mm-hmm. and so that i don't end up hurting myself along the way as i'm trying to repair kind of what's gone wrong yeah and even if you were perfectly healthy and you jumped in and did 80 mile ride that would fatigue you so much that the next day you'd have a hard time um getting yeah, the miles that's in. true oh okay the rain is picking up so i hope it's not yeah too hopefully loud. this audio quality <laughs> that's crazy well Ian, that that's a really good point because one of the kids on the team texted you the other day and said hey this week can i do a really long ride instead of kind of like three middle distance rides and you wrote back like what do you mean like how long and he said oh 10 to 12 hours and it's like well you can do that but what you're gonna see from a a long 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 like epic mega epic mega ride from that is you're gonna wear yourself so much out that you can't ride for days and then you don't get the consistency so like that's too much fatigue maybe for one day right too much acute fatigue yeah yeah in my opinion. So, 
he I may think still do it. But he may yeah. still do it. Yeah. And you know, this is the time of the year. There's no racing, I suppose, to to do that. But yeah. you know, if the goal is to build fitness progressively and grow it bigger and bigger, consistency and small to medium doses daily, I think, is better because it you don't then have a spike in that acute fatigue that would require you to back off for a number of days right. and recover. So uh, maintaining more of that consistency with more of a steady progression, I think. Yeah, and you, you talked about works. that a bit in our previous episode, um, and it's the it's the philosophy we've been following on this RV trip ourselves. And I mean, it just seems to work a little bit better for me, at least. That mm-hmm. A little little doses all along instead of like a you know, ninety mile ride with you and Sophia, and then I'm laid out for days. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, then moving on to like chronic fatigue, because mm-hmm. I think that's more of what we're kind of beginning to experience ourselves here and those following our plan um, or just getting in some summer sort of, quote, base miles this this year. Um, training, you know, consistently week after week after week will create that fatigue, um, that chronic fatigue. But like I said earlier, you in order to gain f- fitness or with fitness comes that fatigue and that's totally normal and the idea is to push that envelope of fatigue further and further knowing that you have some recovery days or a recovery week ahead so in our season salvation plan we have the first three weeks building progressively Mm -hmm. and it's going to be different for each individual and it can be based off of minutes and hours or tss or however people want to do that and you build the the second week a little greater than the first week and then you build that third week even greater than the second week and that could quite possibly be a fairly substantial week for someone and then you compound that looking backwards where the first week maybe wasn't even that low and then the second week was higher than that so you've essentially done three weeks of significant significant riding and that is what builds that chronic fatigue and fitness but then where we have to come back and take a recovery week, which is in our plan, in many plans, that fourth week is um, usually a recovery week. Yeah, which means a reduced volume. Reduced you're, volume. You're still riding, you're still moving, but you've cut way back on the total volume of minutes and miles. Right, exactly. So, and intensity. So the thing is, you have to remember, is that fatigue is required to foster adaptation. So if you don't fatigue yourself, and that could include one specific acute workout like vo2 max interval workouts those are tiring and mm-hmm. they they fatigue you and and come close to exhausting you <laughs> yes they do <laughs> and then almost always at what comes after a hard high intensity workout is a recovery day so um same concept here though we're with the aerobic training endurance training is just building up week after week after week you know three four five six days of those weeks are building volume and you just gradually get tired and and fatigued and it's not to say that you get to the point where you're so fatigued that you can't go ride you could keep riding but your fatigue and 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 fitness can only grow so long so it's not like you can just go ride for eight weeks straight and continue to build fitness so to speak i mean you can continue to ride and but you're just going to continue to build more and more fatigue as you go right and fitness does go up but then if you in that 
in this eight week example, if you were to say, let's go race at the end of this or whatever, you'd be completely worthless. Well, that would tie into uh, overreaching, which you're going to get to in a minute. But you train, eight, if you go eight weeks of an aerobic focus block or any kind of focus block, you're going to probably overreach, which is a term we'll talk about. And, and it's not going to go well in the end. You've really taxed your body, like the hormones and. Oh, might not be sleeping well at that point. It it would be kind of ugly. Right, right. So, in this endurance block that we're in right now, in order to create this fatigue, we're really focusing mostly on like the minutes, hours, miles that one is accumulating. Mm-hmm. Um, later on, when you're in more of a middle intensity kind of aerobic threshold or sweet spot sort of level of training, then with that added intensity. The rides may actually be a little shorter duration, but you'll get more TSS with right. that added intensity. More bang for your buck. Right, so you're creating fatigue in a slightly different fashion, as opposed to just going and riding for as long as you can. Now you're riding at, you know, moderate levels of intensity, and still moderate levels of volume as well. So you you get more TSS, more fatigue potentially, um, and then in high intensity training blocks the fatigue comes in the form of the intervals and the high intensity um, kind of wearing you down and creating that fatigue. Yeah, and I think that switch sometimes for me is, is like almost comical that I, you know, like in, a, in an aerobic training block, I, I do like multi four-hour rides and then we go do um, like anaerobic threshold inter- or we go two max intervals and we've done a total of like 12 minutes of work or something right but you're <laughs> like, exhausted yeah i'm exhausted i'm like laid out on the couch when i get home like, right, right wait a second 12 minutes right yeah that, that is always funny to see when that it happens. is really funny to me um so yeah back to your mention of overreaching so there's overreaching and there's overtraining yeah so i think there oh i'm sorry i was using it incorrectly too wasn't I, I i was saying overreaching when i meant to say overtraining but if you were to go eight weeks right i think you, yeah, yeah. I, I did it incorrectly pardon me yeah so, so correct me sir well okay so fatigue can it sometimes can carry a negative connotation right and that really relates more to i think overtraining right so there's overtraining there's overreaching overreaching is very for a buzzword functional it, it should be planned for and it should be part of one's training program is to create periods within their plan to overreach, to overextend themselves, to really challenge themselves in, right. in training, right? Create a big overload compared to overtraining, which is so much fatigue has been accumulated. That's the one that messes with your hormones and can really set you back. So you, where you're digging that huge hole that you then have to completely rest for often weeks at a time. Right, um, right. I mean, that thankfully, I've never had to experience that, but um, I have heard stories of that. And that's where, you know, overtraining takes a very long time to get to that point. So it's not like, sometimes you'll hear amateur cyclists like throw it around, like, oh, I think I'm overtrained or whatever. And it's, pro- it's highly unlikely. I mean, to really overtrain yourself, you have to ride so much and so much high intensity and so much volume that it it starts to affect like your hormone like your cortisol levels and um and that's when it really interrupts your sleep and and those sorts of things and you have to then walk away and take like weeks sometimes months i've heard you know off so um that is definitely something you want to avoid but it's also very difficult to even get there I mean, okay 
Most people so, can't even get so there. So what is it when I've trained so much that I'm not sleeping well for a few nights, then I feel really blah, or I have gotten sick from yeah. doing too much? So that's probably, that that can occur at the end of like a big overreaching and I just state took of fatigue. it a little too far. Yeah, so you've created enough fatigue to really wear yourself down. Because as you, as you train and you gain fitness, you gain fatigue, and this fatigue can show itself in many ways but one of the big things is it suppresses your immune system as you get more and more tired um and so that opens you up to various illnesses it can yeah it actually can make you sleep poorly which is kind of counterintuitive you think oh if i'm so exhausted i'm gonna sleep like a log but sometimes you can be so tired that you really can't sleep yeah i've tossed and turned sometimes yeah and, and i've woken up feeling horrible right um, another big thing is like mood. A person's mood <laughs> is big. Sometimes when I'm grumpy, you, th- you say you probably need a day off. Right, right. And that, yeah, if you wake up and the thought of going for a bike ride gets you excited and motivated, you're probably good to go. Right. If the thought of like even looking at your bike just like puts you in a bad mood and it's like you, you're probably reaching that point of you need some recovery. You've, you've right. reached a high level of fatigue more than likely. Right. Um, what are some other things? Oh, like resting heart rate. That's kind of, nowadays it's more HRV. Um, mm-hmm. But resting heart rate, I still think, is a valuable metric um, if you track your heart rate in the morning regularly. I mean, you have to do that. But um, So if you have a little higher, like your resting heart rate when you wake up is 70 instead of 60. Right. That's an indication that you're probably a little fatigued. And that can happen from an editing acute level after a high intensity workout the day before mm-hmm. but it can also happen very slowly over weeks of accumulating lots of volume too you can get right. you know create it more chronically um you know i'm trying to think of other yeah and i'm just thinking about how you and i and then sophia all react differently to a heavy load of training i i know for like i've said i just said like for me it's I just start sleeping very poorly because I'm not the greatest sleeper anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can tell when Sophia's kind of reaching that limit because she gets kind of surly and grumpy. And she's normally like the most easygoing person to have around. And then we'll laugh at her and say, you're tired. <laughs> right. And then you just get kind of quiet. Yeah, I'll get quiet. I'll get, I'll get grumpy. You get a little think. grumpy. And yeah. I definitely reach points where it's like I just don't. Like, going for a five-hour ride sounds terrible. And then there's other times when it sounds great and we want to do it. So, And I'm not there yet, but going into this third week coming up of fairly large rides. I mean, honestly, I I mean, we got 325 miles last week and we got 385 miles this week. I mean, I haven't ridden that many miles, at least, in back-to-back weeks in a very long time. Yeah, I mean training for Leadville in 2015 and 2017 I'm sure I had some big weeks in there but I don't know that they were necessarily back to back and now back to back to back um, three in a row so this is this is kind of a return to what I did a lot in my 20s I mean right. we'd, we'd 300 mile a week was like a recovery week and <laughs> right, right. Fi- five to six hundred miles was, was the, like, the big volume week so well, we've been really lucky to tackle the high volume blocks on a road trip because you have the excitement of seeing a new part of the country mm-hmm. or exploring a city, climbing 
a special hill that's like famous in that town. Mm-hmm. And so I think like you, you we've just been excited. Like it doesn't seem like as much effort as if we were home. Like okay, are we gonna go climb Lookout again? You know, you're excited about that. And then yeah. plus, like we're sort of isolated on vacation here that we don't have as much work to do or like family responsibilities or cleaning the house. So we've been sleeping many more hours and putting our feet up after a ride. Yeah. So we've been pretty lucky there. Yeah, and that was by design. I mean, we we had this block of time planned to be racing. You know, months ago we planned this. So and then when races were canceled and we're just sitting around looking at each other, <laughs> <laughs> we're like, let's just hit the road and we'll do our base building, you know, a new environment. So that kind of segues us into the... This topic of you oh, know yeah. strategies Look for at how I segued. yeah overreaching blocks. So essentially, I mean we are in this phase, and if you're following our season salvation plan, this second and definitely third week is designed to be an overreaching style of of week, mm-hmm. where you want to really challenge yourself with more volume, more minutes, miles, hours than you are normally accustomed to. So you create this overreaching higher level of fatigue and then we'll recover from and be more fit so yeah if you can plan something like we did that like a a quote-unquote vacation a ridecation um, is a great way to do it or that you know that's where like training camps come in yeah we talked about this uh over the winter when when we were preparing to take the we devo team down to cave creek arizona Mm -hmm. um and if you can't leave town for a week or a long weekend then it would be cool just to plan, like, a different ride. And you and I are kind of bad about that. Like, we don't want to, like, drive our ourselves to, like, Boulder to ride, for example. We sort of stay right by our house. But mm-hmm. we there are a lot of rides around Metro Denver and the foothills that we could do if oh, we just uh, yeah. put a little bit of energy into it. Absolutely. So some strategies for overreaching would be just that. Like, yeah, make it fun. Yeah, plan and prepare for it. So those of you following our plan or if you know you want to have some kind of big week or two weeks of of riding is, is sit down and take a little time to plan and prepare right. some, some routes maybe you haven't done in a while or routes you haven't ever done. And like you said, even if it's a short drive to the next town that gets you different scenery, it's, that's the time to, to definitely Absolutely. do that. Absolutely. It makes a big difference. Yeah. Or if you can plan a training camp, um, you know, and go to like your favorite mountain town or something and stay for three, four, five days and, and, and ride a bunch, um, is a great way to do that. So planning and preparing, and then making that time. And even if you ha- you don't have that luxury and you have to s- stay home and even do it around a work schedule is, you know, if you know a few weeks in advance at least, um, you know, adjust your work schedule if you can, you know, where you can maybe come in later in the day so you can ride more in the morning or vice versa, come in earlier and ride more in the afternoon right. and evenings. Um, you know, if you have some extra vacation days that you can use up, um, you know, especially this year with, without going to races, maybe you do. And maybe save, plan a couple of those for a long weekend. Yeah, uh, even if you take a Friday or a Monday off and you make yourself a three-day weekend, you can get a lot of miles um, logged into three solid days back-to-back. Exactly, exactly. And then can t- take it a step further and try to lower your overall life stress, too. So plan ahead if you have kids you know, or, or pets. Plan ahead with family members or friends, babysitters that can help you out with that. So you know you're going to, normally you have this three-hour window on Saturday morning to go ride. You know, if you want to try to stretch it to a four- or five-hour ride, plan ahead, right? Yeah, for sure. Organize the, the dog sitter, babysitter, 
that sort of thing. Lower life stress by, you know, don't make plans to go to the dentist on weeks that you want to, <laughs> right. you know, any kind of appointments, you know, save the haircuts, dentists, you know, those sort of things for recovery weeks. Um, so really thinking about planning that around. Yeah, you're really good about that. Yeah, and then all, and then the last step would be thinking about your food too. So oh, yeah, that's important. Cooking good food does take up some time, and it, it does add a, a, a layer of stress. I think it's well worth it. But if you can plan some food ahead, prepare some food ahead, um, and store it in the fridge or the freezer and have it ready to go. So because you know if you're going to be training a few extra hours in this overreaching week, you've got stuff kind of ready to go, so you can have less time in the kitchen but still eat good food. Yeah, it's, it's true. It's like plan out a couple of grocery store trips and get some treats. Um, we've had fun along this trip stopping at like farm stands and getting mm-hmm. beautiful local produce. And, and thankfully, Sophia is like a good helper in the kitchen and she'll whip up a meal while I'm walking the dogs and you're cleaning the bikes. And so right. it's been in this awesome teamwork effort. Um, and that's like a really good strategy too. Like if you're doing a, a training block with a friend or a family member, see how you can work together and, and make it happen more effectively. Right. right, right, exactly. Well, cool, I think that's pretty good. Um, to, to kind of summarize it, you know, creating blocks of fatigue is very important in your training. You want to do that. You don't necessarily want to do that, you know, every week or every other week. You know, probably once a month would be the most frequent, you know, like a really big training week. Um, to really create that level of fatigue. And, and really, many training plans are built in that fashion. You know, there's usually three, two to three weeks of training. Most common is three weeks of training, and then you have a recovery week. So weeks one and two are kind of progressively building up and also creating some load prior to that third week, which is usually the most challenging week. And then purposefully designed the fourth week is usually recovery week so right. uh, and then you kind of repeat that so once a month building up to a, re- a overreaching kind of week um, is is suitable and when I say overreaching in that sense it's probably like on the lighter end of overreaching if you're doing it like once a month mm-hmm. a true overreaching when you're really stretching things is probably only I know, maybe once per build perhaps so two to three times per season where you really build up to a true overreaching standpoint so usually it's like a late winter early spring for like a a spring race you'll have a a big overreaching block and then again maybe midsummer for like a late summer fall race which is kind of where we're at right now with that so those following our season salvation plan we are in that in the midst of that building up towards um, right. kind of a, a overreaching of sorts. And what's overreaching for one person is obviously might not be overreaching for another. Um, it's all very individualized. Right. In We've seen respect. that in this trip right. with comparing what I can do right now with what you and Sophia can do right now. Right. Exactly. And then after our trip, after our overreaching week uh, block, we'll get some recovery in. We'll bring some freshness back in. Um, and then we'll be eager and motivated for like the next phase of training, which will start to introduce some medium to higher intensity riding. And we'll kind of gradually progress upwards to another overreaching week of sorts. So um, it's very repetitive. So don't be afraid of fatigue. You want fatigue, but you don't always want to be fatigued, if that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and plan accordingly. So if you're creating your own training program, 
find those blocks of time where you can create fatigue, get to a high level of fitness, recover from it, and then move on either to an a race or the next block of training, um, whatever the case may be. Right, and if people want to join in on the season salvation plan, how do they how do they do that? Uh, yeah, it's definitely not too late. So we are going into week three of this twelve week plan. Although anyone can get on this plan and and start when they're ready and just kind of back listen to the podcast here for instructions um, and getting going that way. So. Uh, I'll put links in the show notes uh, and a link for a 50% discount. Oh, so cool. yeah, it brings the $99 plan down to just 48 bucks um, for the full 12 weeks and it would get you take you through the rest of summer essentially and have you in really great shape, peak shape, so to speak for fall. So whether that's cyclocross season or some hopefully we'll get some sort of mountain biking and road bike racing in. Um, a, a few events are starting to pop up. Yeah, they so, are. Yeah, um, and you incorporate those. It sounds funny, but our, those early season races yeah. <laughs> in July and August July. Um, into that into the plan, and but looking more for like a a peak of fitness yeah. by September, basically. So and you're offering something unique this time with with this particular plan that you you're offering a, a volume period a personalization. Um, add-on for just 29 bucks so you'll you would take a look at someone's training peaks and see what they have been doing and what you believe they can do in this plan and and tweak it and modify and personalize it for them exactly yeah i've had a handful of people take me up on that and um hopefully they're enjoying that yeah i'm gonna check in with patty blake and see how she's doing hey patty yeah so i just kind of looked at their history of training you know the recent history um and organized kind of personalize the amount of volume they're doing for within this plan specifically to them so um and the and the people that took me up on it it was in fact a pretty wide variant of Mm, of ability levels and and volume capabilities so there were a few people where i honestly didn't have to adjust it a whole lot um everyone's i did need some sort of adjustment right um one person we adjusted down a little bit a handful of people were right around upper maybe slightly above what was prescribed on, on like the stock yeah. prescription and then uh, a smaller group of people were much higher so yeah that, that's volume. really cool you offered that um it's a steal so take them up on that if you'd like and that would happen like we would get the email that you paid for it and cody will reach out to you and, and connect your training peaks with his yeah and take care of it yeah exactly so if you haven't joined us yet please do um, or at the very least, keep listening, and hopefully some of this information we're talking about here you can apply to your own training program. So um, I think that's good for now. Um, as usual, it always helps us out if you can give us a rating or our, a review on, on Google Podcasts or iTunes. We'd really appreciate that. Thank you for listening. Yep. And Go into the next gonna... week or two, get those miles in, and create that fatigue. Yep, and reach out with any questions you might have as well. You can... Always email Cody at codycody at teamweight.com. He's really good about getting back to you within a couple of days. That's what he does every morning over coffee. So send an email with questions or, or thoughts. All right. All right. Well, we better go pack up the RV and get, get out of here. Get down to Utah. <laughs> All right. Take care, everybody.